This is a HeadGum Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Your specific facts will almost always change the outcome, and you should always seek an attorney before doing anything. Literally anything. Ryan Morrison is an attorney licensed in New York, and Austin and O'Connor are just normal humans not licensed to do anything anywhere. Proceed with caution. everyone welcome to robot congress i as always am austin hoffman and i am here with ryan o'connor and ryan morrison oh i got Hello. to go first Yay. and this week we're going to be talking about cryptocurrencies we did it we hit ten thousand, and then eleven thousand, and now it's down to like nine thousand. and we're all either really rich really poor or wishing we were involved and you are of course talking about bitcoin correct nope what are you talking about i was talking about dogecoin <laughs> Oh, of course I'm talking about Bitcoin. I wish. It's it Doge? Yes, it's, it's Doge. Doge? Yes, it's Dogecoin. It's not Doge? No, it's Doge. <laughs> what? Doge. How are you this removed from the internet? We're it's not going to spend incredible. the entire episode talking about how you pronounce Doge, though. No, I actually have something more important I want to talk about than any of this. Is is hear ye, hear ye. What? Is that H-E-R-E or H-E-A-R? It's here, as in hear me. It's yeah. hear me, hear me, right? Huh? Well, hear ye, as in ye, yeah. hear me. Right, all of ye being you, hear yeah. me. Over here. Well, yes. I'm you glad we're, we're talking about like the most modern currency yes, it's, it's, in the history of ever. It's listen and then to me. we're talking about things that people were shouting in the 1700s. Like, you're, what, why? You're saying, hear ye, as in listen to me. Yeah, I just got in a huge fight with uh, with Michael Lee, my, my business partner over here, about whether it was H-E-R-E was or H-E-R-E. Was he saying, like, yeah. you come here so you can listen to me or something like that? Like, like, yeah, he, like well, here, I, like so H-E-R-E. I don't know what his exact argument is other than uh, he just obviously doesn't understand the finer points of dialect and language. No, it, his... His argument was like, who wants some drinks? Here, here. That, that's different. That's here, here. And I don't. So I, here, here is H-E-R-E. And here, ye is, is H-E-A-R. Cryptocurrency. Hold you on. Let me Google this before we go any further. Oh I my want God. a solid answer. We're a teaching podcast. We're, I, and gave, I gave this you actually gives a solid us, answer. Uh, this gives us time to give a shout out to our episode sponsor, Google.com. To search. <laughs> I wish. And Actually, they'd probably pay like two cents. When it's does like, Google advertise anything? Ah, people Google. aren't making use of that Google anymore. We need to start advertising, getting the word out. I mean, it's only a verb. About, I've been binging for weeks because I forgot about Google. They need to They need to up their brand. Yeah. All right. Well, as said, we're going over cryptocurrency this week. O'Connor's done a, a bit of a, a dive into the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency. I have absolutely been part of it for a long time. I don't know if it's – I've said it on the podcast before, but I don't know how often – it's come up. Before I was video game attorney on Reddit and all of that, I was working at, under the alias of Bitcoin attorney. And I was working with uh, quite a few international programs. I was one of the only attorneys in the world that understood blockchain and cryptocurrency and the future of it. And very quickly, I lost faith in it, lost interest in it. And I couldn't tell you most of it right now. I know the basics, but I'm far from an expert anymore. But I used to be. So there's some there's certainly some conversation to be had on it. Well, yeah, you're, uh, you're, the, you're the old dog who used to be in the war and then he got out and started you know, tending bar. But now wars come again. And so it's time for you to put on your Bitcoin belt and saddle up on your Bitcoin car. Exactly what I was thinking. Uh, so there's there's the reality that I used to have. I used to take retainers in Bitcoin. I used to do pretty well in Bitcoin. I had 411 Bitcoins when I sold them at about eighty dollars each. Yeah, four and a half million I would have today. Uh, so it's literally yeah. It's, 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 you guys stop. were like, what what episode do you want to do this week? And I was like, how about 
we talk about this so I don't kill myself. So this is more a therapy session than me teaching anything. Is this going to uh, prevent you from killing? Your, I mean, I'm happy either either way. Every, that you, every day is a struggle, Austin. Awesome. Did you have uh, did you, were you ever involved in Bitcoin? Did you ever invest, Austin? No, no, I, I did jump on Dogecoin though to the moon. Why? To the uh, moon was a Bitcoin thing that Doge uh, appropriated. All right. Well, uh, yes, it was appropriated. And why? Because Bitcoin was already uh, – because at the time, Bitcoin was like $700 or something like that. And I was like, hey, look, Dogecoin. You found out about it then? That's super late. Yeah, it was super late. Oh, that's interesting because I – when I, I, I was by no means there when it was pennies or anything. But I got in when it was you know like 15-ish bucks and it was really interesting and really exciting. But then I saw it was a community uh, completely and, – and I still very much feel this way. So I am no, I am by no means a Bitcoin believer. I have That's been very it's involved. More as, it's looked at more as a stock than a currency. Well, no. Well, first off, well, yes. We'll, we'll get into outs- that. We will absolutely well, get into that. Part. Yes. And before we do, though, my, my complaints with the community are it is a very closed-off community. These are people who I would have – I would do the AMAs like I do in game dev, but I would do it in the Bitcoin subreddit or I would talk to them about – the laws and how nations are going to look at this and when taxes might come in and everything else. And unfortunately, it was uh, always met with, well, don't worry, because the governments are going to fall and Bitcoin's going to replace it. And don't worry, we're oh. anarchists. We don't believe in that. So this felt like Ron Paul supporters on crack rather than an actual movement or anything that was in being intelligently designed. Now, to my obvious pitfall, it's been very successful, but I think it's been successful as a stock, which we will get into, not as a currency. And I can't imagine this ever replaces any form of actual currency we know and love today. A, because the term Bitcoin is still very laughable to most of the public, just the actual trademark term Bitcoin. That's their and, numbers money, right? Here's yeah, right. Dollars. And also, you know, your average everyday citizen can't figure out how to buy Bitcoin. And that is a huge block to the blockchain, as they say. So <laughs> thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, cryptocurrency is a, is a it's a digital asset designed to work as a medium of exchange using cryptocurrency and blockchains to secure the transaction. So basically, it's something that you can't really hack. You can't really fake. You have thousands and thousands of computers that work together to prove the history and the change and ownership of these bitcoins. Now, that changes when you start dealing with physical wallets and you start dealing with uh, websites like Gox, where they were obviously hacked and people lost all of their money and records and and uh, history, but that is supposed to be not possible. I, I'm sure we'll get into this more, but the reality is the technology is unhackable, but the way it works where humans can use it is going to be impossible to protect because we're always going to need a third-party service to run it or help us figure it out. And not everyone is a hacker-level intelligence, and until that's the case, it's going to get screwed with, and there's going to be bad people involved. The populace is never going to hit that level of savvy, so it's always going to be targetable. Yeah, and I, I really believe that. So obviously people are going to get better at technology. My grandmother can't work a cell phone, but every 12-year-old can, and that used to be fun to joke about, but it's reality. Like, that is now normal technology that everyone grows up with, uses, and understands. Can your grandma it's work an pos- iPad? No, and no. it's possible... Uh, cryptocurrency gets to that level too, where it is easy. And I mean, look at Coinbase. Coinbase is super easy to use, but Coinbase, Coinbase also Coinbase is a website that lets you buy and sell uh, Litecoin, Ethereum, and Bitcoin. Uh, super simply, you basically put in your bank info and you can buy it. The problem is it's not the true blockchain. You're not, you know, you have to wait a week between buying and selling and things like that. Uh, it's there's actually just an article yesterday that the IRS is going to start 
looking into anyone on Coinbase who's done more than $20,000 of transactions, oh, Jesus. Yeah. which is most of the Bitcoin community. So the governments are taking notice and they're going to start really pinpointing their their focus on these things. I want it to be loot boxes and, and ga- stuff in games, but I really think cryptocurrency is going to get hit pretty hard, pretty fast. Well, for tax and, purposes, uh, is that the idea? So they can get money? Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. Well, I'll, I can get into that if you'd like. Yeah, you're the tax man. Let's go. I am the tax man. This is what made me interested. So, the one... I just realized, I'm like, what the... What the, what is he singing? Ah, I thought you'd do the Beatles song, but that's fine. We can do Scatman. Yeah. Um, so the good part is, is in 2014, the government, the federal government. Hold of on, United- hold on, hold on. Austin, do you know the the Beatles song, Taxman? No. Okay. Should I leave in the long pause? No, uh, most of the Beatles songs that I know were ones that were in the Yellow Submarine movie. Do you all live? It? Yeah, okay, never mind. Go, Yellow go. Submarine is the worst. I watched it's it a lot as a kid. Song. I'm not a Beatles fan. And I they I'm, had multiple... I'm, Beatles songs. On my school bus, you had to pick Rolling Stones or Beatles, and I was just way too rock and roll lifestyle in in second grade (laughs) to go with the Beatles. You don't have to pick. You're an adult. You can listen to both. Well, he wasn't an adult at the time. He was seven. And now I ride or die. I'm loyal. Oh, look at all the lonely people. That was another song in the movie. I was going to get to the part where, is Bitcoin legal? Because some people might not know that. I didn't know if it was legal or not, but it is. In 2014, the IRS ruled that cryptocurrency was a legal asset, which is a lot different than currency. The IRS ruled that cryptocurrency is property as opposed to currency. So meaning that cryptocurrency is the same level as a nice set of jewelry or a house or, to use the best example, stocks. What we were talking about before with taxes, because as I am Mr. Taxman, this is a good and a bad thing because it's a it's a piece of property It can be subject to what's known as capital gains taxes. And I won't get into the annoyingness of it, but capital gains taxes are what happened when you sell something for more than you bought it for. So say you bought like Apple stock one day for like a thousand bucks and then you were able to sell it for five thousand the next week when the new iPhone came out. You'd have four thousand dollars in capital gains. The government gets a cut of that. But the the problem is, is as everybody's watching Bitcoin go up to ten thousand or eleven thousand and you only bought it for like pennies on the dollar. That means that the government's going to try to get a cut of all that capital gains that you earned on your little bitcoins. So if you were Morrison in this, in this example and had 411 of them at one time and you tried to sell it to get that $4 million payday, yeah, Uncle Sam's going to get a big cut of that. Yeah, I mean, it's akin to lottery winnings with how, how volatile this this currency stock asset is. Uh, and again, let's not use the terms incorrectly. It's not being looked at as a currency. That is the goal for it, to be sure is to one day be looked at that way uh, for a lot of people, not everyone. But I certainly think it should be closer to that. The idealists would say it should be a currency, but it seems like a lot of people that are purchasing it are looking at it as a property. Well, I know, listen, I know there's a lot of areas of business in in, and industry throughout the world that are starting to figure out uh, Bitcoin and and how they can take it and how they can use it. But it's too volatile. So if you're going to buy a shirt for 40 bucks, or you're going to buy a shirt for whatever percent of a Bitcoin, you know, the next day that would be worth a tenth of the shirt or six shirts. It's, these companies don't want to risk that until yeah, this calms easier. down crazily. We're not going to be like, seeing anything solid. Yeah, it's way easier to look at it as like a stock than to I look think... at it as a staple currency. 100 percent. And well, so as we're talking about how much of a cut Uncle Sam's going to take, what how bad is it? Is it like the lottery where they take, you know, most of it? 
Is it like 45% <laughs> well, yeah, so like, my, like my commission tax? Well, really, it depends on how long you hold it on for. So there's with capital gains tax, you can have short-term and long-term. If you hold on to it long-term, it's not as much. It would probably be if you if you sold out for a big payday over 400 grand, it would be about 20%. If you hold on to it short-term, like most people do with stocks or you're buying and selling all the time, if you're, it could be anywhere from 10% to 39.6%. Jesus, yeah. And, you know, it's one of the things the Republicans and good old Trumpy boy always try to lower is the capital gains tax because the only people who get that are usually people who are well enough, well off enough to be playing the stock market. That doesn't you make got, sense because aren't there constituents, you know, like all the, like your everyday person? Stop, we're not doing this. We're not getting <laughs> it. I, I have enough Pepe avatars calling me a cuck every two hours. I don't need more. But you I just, are. I just that word. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. So, all right, continuing on, where do you see this going with, I mean, you quite literally work for the government. We don't have to say what or what you do, but there are taxes involved. Uh, what, what, what do you how do you see this playing out with with even just your level of it? Like, do you think this is going to be something every government employee is going to be trained in and know how to collect upon? Is this an asset you can seize when when someone doesn't pay taxes? Can you go seize their stock portfolio? We can. You can take their their stock holdings. Absolutely. Like some people still have shock stocks and comp you share and we've and, taken that. And do you think they're going to. So by that argument, then, as this is being treated as an asset, the government could seize your Bitcoins. Sure. Absolutely. The property. So that would be that would be hilarious if that's how Bitcoin ended because of how how big the anarchist population is in the Bitcoin industry. If the government was the reason just coming around seizing them, they would be like the nerdiest civil war ever. Sure. We can take (laughs) PayPal's. We can take PayPal's like we take people's uh, bank accounts. So, I mean, sure. Absolutely. It's I I actually didn't know PayPal complied with that stuff. So that's interesting. They are usually pretty hesitant, but it's happened before. Where I really think that it's going to happen as I did the research on this and we'll get into the pitfalls of of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in a little bit. It's going to be a little more gray than is it going to be assets or is it going to be currency? The problem is, is it's not as trackable as currency. And that makes the like the dark web and the dark net purchases uh, uh, like kind of scary to do because if your people are buying and selling things with no sort of currency that can be tracked that's hard for the government to try to crack down on that because you don't know who's buying what because both the buyer and the seller are anonymous so and, i think and as that's... long as it has any real world value it'll always be able to be used as a criminal currency it is untrackable it is something that you're going to see on the dark web forever as long uh, as long as there is a real world place they can sell it off that was a huge stigma on bitcoin for a long time that it's all dirty money it's all criminal money. And to be fair and frank, I mean, that's most of the early investors. That, well, that's what I'm saying is I, I think that it, it'll probably somewhere fall in between where I don't know, because I mean, I, I can't imagine the United States government's going to wake up one day and be like, you know, what's just as good as the U.S. dollar bitcoins. But at the same time, they want to make it so it's it's track. They would definitely want it so it's trackable, because otherwise these people are getting away with stuff on the dark web. You can buy drugs. You can you can buy hitmen. You can buy illegal porn. And because they're not U.S. dollars, you can't track that kind Kind of thing down. What so happened I think- with Gox? Let's let's go back to Gox. Was the it wasn't probably the first, but it's the biggest one I remember. Uh, I think it was in 2014, about when I was starting off. Yes, uh, the firm. Gox was like one of the main places you could buy and sell Bitcoin that you could hold your Bitcoin. And then I believe, I mean, I don't, why don't you just tell us, I think the owner just kind of ran away with everyone's Bitcoins, right? Well, it, they claimed that it was stolen. They, they claimed about $473 million at the time in 2014 was stolen, which was about 7% of the world's Bitcoins. And then they went out of business. They, I mean, they could have ran away with it. It was still in 2014 where the, the government was still trying to decide if they were what exactly cryptocurrency was. Yeah. I mean, there was 24,000 people ar- around on Gox and, you know, it three years later now, and the Bitcoin 
Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin's hitting $10,000, it's bringing back a lot of people who, who were robbed by Gox and trying to figure it out. There's an endless amount of lawsuits going on from this. There's uh, there's bankruptcies going on in Russia, Japan and New Zealand. Uh, there's lawsuits in America. There's creditors coming around trying to collect. And uh, Mt. Gox left a lot of, of problems around. And if you look at it today, the amount of Bitcoins that would have been on Gox are $1.6 billion. Uh, that's not anything to sneeze at. That's so, a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if the even if these guys recover money from Gox, which is super unlikely, it's going to be a, a fraction of that. It's going to be, you know, probably their original purposes. But long story short, it doesn't matter what happened with Gox, because what it showed me, what it showed the world is that there's really few better examples of why investing in cryptocurrencies are so dangerous. Worth of Bitcoin dropped in two months when that happened in December 2014, from $1,160 per Bitcoin to $400. Exactly. And, and listen, I mean, it, it ex just explodes back and forth that way. It's unregulated. It's it's a magnet for fraud and deception. Many of the big exchanges like Gox have closed down also. The more legitimate websites and companies like Coinbase are where we're going to see the future. But if I'm going to use Coinbase, I'm using it to buy and sell Bitcoin as a stock. I'm not using it as a currency. If PayPal lowers their fees or PayPal just becomes more affordable or any of these other companies, why use cryptocurrency? It's no longer easier. The the I get that it's untraceable. I get that it has uh you know a more accurate history if you want to use it for for certain goods and items, but to just for the buying and selling of goods, it's not gonna get any easier than PayPal or Venmo until I, we can just scan our retinas into the computer screen. The ideal behind it was the universal currency. Like it wasn't dependent on a nation. It was just dependent on people having faith in it which obviously at the moment is not happening. And just to, to wrap up on, on Gox, Mark Carpelles, I believe is how it says. He's a, I'm sure it's not because he's French. It's uh, Mark okay. Carpelles. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> the, he's the former CEO, I believe, of Gox. And, uh, you know, he, he is on trial in Tokyo right now. He's accused of embezzlement. He is accused of manipulating the data. He's accused of breach of trust. Uh, he pleaded not guilty to everything, as O'Connor said, and he there's many arguments that he got screwed over and not the one doing the screwing. But if he gets found guilty, he's looking at at least a decade in jail. And he's already served a year in jail in 2015 when he was arrested. Uh, oh now, the other side of that is if the government took all of it and seized his stuff and he found he's found not guilty, he might get all his stuff back. And then he gets a huge payout and none of the people on Gox would. So. He might still run, get away like a bandit here, and, and that would be pretty insane. Yeah. All right. Well, all this talk about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, but we don't really know how, how mining works because you have to obtain it somehow. It's, it, it's a limited currency. That's part of what gives it value. How am I actually, for this? How am I for Bitcoin? Yes, how you mine for Bitcoin. So in order to mine, you need a computer. You need a, gra a graphics card, a processor, a power supply, memory, cabling fan, all that all that jazz. You need a computer. Running a mining program on the computer, uh, it's basically trying to solve a complicated math problem. The entire computer is dedicated to solving that. This is mining. As the computer tries to correctly solve the problem, it checks its work against other computers online running the same program. And the computer that solves it correctly unlocks the block that that's the and gets a currency reward for that so i found this on reddit uh in the explain like i'm five category because even when you're trying to explain to somebody like they're five it is not easy to to find something that's actually understandable the best thing i could find was this puzzle analogy a miner takes a bunch of recent bitcoin transactions and bundles them into a block which is basically a kind of vote where the miner says i propose that these transactions should be accepted by everyone within the bounds of the rules this is the math problem but the better 
better analogy is imagining all the transactions being differently shaped puzzle pieces. The miner tries lots of different combinations of putting these pieces together to form a nice, even, let's say, a rectangle. If he succeeds, he announces his solution to everyone else. It's very easy to check the solution. You look at it and see if it forms a, a rectangle. But if you want to change some of the transactions and put different ones in, you need to do the whole puzzle over again. This prevents people from hijacking the transactions as they need to solve their own puzzle first. So each puzzle refers to the previous one, linking them all in a chain. That's like the blockchain. So the next time you want to solve a puzzle, the previous puzzle that was solved is shrunk down basically into a single piece of the new puzzle. And oh, that's so how it now it's more makes elaborate and difficult. Total sense. It makes a lot of sense, maybe just because I was doing a lot of research, and that speaks as to what the blockchain is, which is how kind of the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin regulates itself. And that's exactly. how it gets harder to mine because it's involving more and more computations because you have all these little computations inside of a bigger one. Exactly. And it's it's the kind of thing that my grandmother will never understand. But yes, we understand it. We We know this. But it's hard to explain to someone who has no frame of reference. And when you're recording a podcast for... God knows who, we have no idea if you guys are being talked down to and you're a miner or you have never heard of Bitcoin before in your life. So that's that is probably the best middle ground summary of it. Um, and, now, and it started out with with people with like with computers, one computer, two computers, a few computers, except now that it's becoming a, a recognized kind of cash cow, you see people start pooling their resources and even like companies buying and maintaining like warehouses full of mining computers. Uh, well, it's, actually it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Austin. So to get to part of my area of uh, the issues with cryptocurrency, one of these is the actual use of physical energy and electricity to do this kind of thing. If you think this takes a lot of computers to do, like Austin just said with his warehouses, you're 100% correct. The process of mining takes, uh, according to a, a study by the guardian in November of this year, if, if mining for Bitcoin was its own country, it would use the 61st most amount of electricity in the world. That's more than Ireland or Morocco or Denmark. But Ireland doesn't really use to, uh, yeah, it's electricity. Yeah, it's all castles and stuff. Yeah, it's just castles and like people playing violin and pop. Like, That's a lot of energy. <laughs> That's more than civilized countries just to – and this is just to make Bitcoin, not Litecoin, not Ethereum, just Bitcoin. Right, and why, And people are doing it right now. There's an entire farm set up in the, the middle of this country where they're not doing much else. Screw you, middle of the country. And well, uh, there's, there's, no, but those farms, literally, I mean, it's just it's a giant server farm where they're just mining Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum. It's it's exciting to watch. I, I mean, it's not physically exciting to watch because it's just a bunch of computers sitting there. But it's exciting. No, it's to not think always about. that. I mean, just recently, the UFC, the which you would think like they're a bunch of meatheads got in trouble because you found Whoa. out that it went. I, you, I, whatever, I don't care. Whoa. You, you know, whatever. The, Just because the... somebody punches other people in the head and gets punched in the head for a living right, does I not mean they're the a actual... meathead. All right, okay, so well, whatever. But the UFC website actually was got in trouble recently because it was found out that they were using people who were logging into their website and using their website as, like, uh, remote <laughs> Bitcoin mining. Yeah, That's so they were incredible. using other people's computers. That's very devious. And it is. I say smart, legal. but devious. Not illegal. Not illegal? Oh, I guess because what? By not ethical. To their not web? ethical. Well, slightest, wait, all right, hold on. That's a whole other episode. It, okay. it, we're you can't. No more blanket statements about what's illegal, O'Connor. So the the thing that I'm most excited about with the blockchain is not the uh, volatile currency that'll never be anything or worth anything, even though I just invested half my bank account back into it. It's the blockchain aspect of it. Blockchain is the technology behind Bitcoin, uh, but unlike Bitcoin, blockchain is not a strictly financial tool. 
Although it is designed as a general ledger, it's in its simplest sense, it's a way to move and store blocks of any kind of data that the user can't corrupt. You can't fake this stuff. So it's it's the best way to track things. It's going to be used in a plethora of different industries instead of just blockchains and instead of just cryptocurrencies. And I think part of the way it's going to be used is removing the middleman from everything. We're not going to see art dealers. We're not going to see real estate agents. We're not going to see music agents or talent agents and shit. Uh, I'm fucked. But <laughs> no, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I mean, like, you're just not going to need if you're if your job is to sell an asset. So here is my painting. I can prove this is a true uh, uh, Galileo or some famous painter. Uh, Galileo was an astronomer. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Ah, I literally couldn't when, think when of Do not edit that all. out, Austin. The public <laughs> needs to know how stupid Ryan was. <laughs> the most exciting part, though, is that blockchain artists can go straight to the people rather than through music labels or or publishers. And video game companies can start figuring out their own streaming deals, uh, protecting everything from their own music to their own video games to directly to the user using blockchain and proving who owns what uh, open source communities are all of a sudden a lot more feasible through blockchain. Cause as you know, from other episodes, my biggest complaint with open source is that you never really know if it's open source. You don't know that maybe just the guy before you stole something and slapped an open source license on it. Now we can prove, Holy shit. I know exactly who created this, and, and this is an unhackable chain of, of ownership. Uh, okay, so you you just you love the idea of blockchains. I love blockchain. I think blockchain is absolutely the future. I think blockchain is going to be used in almost everything it can be used in. Which, not to get all Silicon Valley on you, but like I can't imagine much it can't be used in. And once it's set up, I don't care about Bitcoin. I don't think Bitcoin is the future. I, I'm pretty hesitant on cryptocurrencies in general. But I am a believer in blockchain. I think you should go into a more description of what the blockchain actually does. And I think Austin's puzzle analogy actually works pretty well in the fact that when you buy things like Bitcoin, it goes into the uh, a block or a piece of that puzzle that Austin was talking about. And then that gets stored in after about like with Bitcoin, it's about every 10 minutes gets stored into the blockchain. So it timestamps and, reco and records the transaction in the ledger of the blockchain. Now, what Austin said about redoing the puzzle is now that's stamped and everybody can see it. Everybody saw that this transaction happened. And the best part is, is now you can't go back and alter it because in order to do so, you'd have to alter every other piece of the blockchain at the same time. Which is impossible because it's going through so many computers and so many different people constantly. So you can't you literally can't undo this once they're that's built part of the mining process. Yeah. And it's that's what makes this incredible and, and completely awesome for this kind of world, but less so for a volatile currency that, that you're basing your life on. And guys, just as an aside, I, I can't the, the horror stories on Reddit are breaking my heart all over again. Please don't invest more than you can. Like don't don't actually put your life savings into this stuff. The chances of it spiking again are minimal. And even if it happens, the could have would have should have story is gonna hurt less than if it goes the other way and you're homeless. So just be careful. Yeah, that's why you pop like, I don't know, 50, 70 bucks into Dogecoin and just sit back and watch it decrease. I would say everybody's level of what they can afford is different, Austin. So how is it different from regular currency? The history of fiat currency, which is what everybody is used to. Dollars, pounds, rubles, euros, all that, all that What's crap. What's fiat stand for? Fiat? fiat stands for the Latin term, let it be done, used in the sense of a decree or order. So that describes it pretty well. Fiat currency is based on... Uh, a government saying and, this is currency. This is what it's worth. The, between that and the like, just the general, like global government 
and central banking systems that, yes, describe exactly that, Austin, is this money is worth this amount because we say it's worth this amount. So just uh, I mean, some people still believe that the the, the U.S. dollar is based on the gold. It's standard. not. It has not. That's correct, Austin. Since 1971, the U.S. dollar is worth exactly what the United States says that it's worth. It's not worth it's, any sort of gold. It used to be that, backed by the by, by the word. But exactly. By our word. Yes, it, it has to because gold is just it, gold, just like Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies has a finite amount. There's only so much gold on the planet that you can mine. Otherwise, then you run out. That's so, why you need space miners. Well, yes, that's why you need space. Miners. Uh, but so but obviously the, the world continues to grow exponentially. So we need money to grow as well. So uh, in, in 1971, President Richard Nixon declared that the U.S. dollar will no longer be based on the gold standard, meaning that for every dollar that you own, you have that much gold worth in like Fort Knox and the other federal reserves. So uh, because of the fact that inflation started going haywire because of the, the Vietnam War spending and things like crude oil and other goods, now the United States dollar is now fiat currency, along with the majority of the other governments in the world. So basically everyone's agreeing that this money is worth what we're saying it's worth. It's based on good faith. Yes. Based on the faith of but the United States. But it's also regulated by governments. But it is it is unique to think about that that cryptocurrency in and of itself is almost like bringing back a uh, a lawless and digital form of the gold standard. There's going to be a set amount of bitcoins eventually produced and then that's going to be it. There's never going to be more bitcoins produced. But so you still it, have to have faith in the fact that a bitcoin is worth something. So it is yeah. it's it's kind of in and out of there. Yes. Which, that's what I'm saying. It is and it isn't at the same time, but it is funny to think about how sometimes like the more things change, the more things change, uh, stay the same. Well, there's so many ICOs coming out though. So why why have faith in bitcoin? Why not think that the next ICO is going to be the one? And and we didn't even get into that, but ICOs initial coin offerings are basically the uh the start of a new cryptocurrency and they're happening constantly. Uh, different companies are coming out with their own branded form of currency. And it's cool to a point where if like, you know, PlayStation wants to put out their own cryptocurrency that is just their own internal currency or Valve wants to do it, there's a place for that. That makes sense to some degree. But it's, I think, stupider than just using American money, honestly. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's traceable. Accounts might get hacked less, et cetera, et cetera. But, but there's just so many cryptocurrencies coming out. I don't get why we would rely on bitcoin being the one because you have to join the revolution although oh, the revolution to the moon. is going to be a terrible <laughs> the revolution is now I mean, it really it, you don't have to put your money into it and it's it's only if people want to and it's only worth as much as people want to pay for it so if people want to do this there's nothing wrong I, at least in my mind there's nothing wrong with that people should be able to spend their money if you want to invest in bitcoin or stocks or or gold, invest whatever you want to into it. I'm it's, invested in Bitcoin. I'm crapping all over it because I don't I don't think it's safe. I don't think anyone else should do it. I would never recommend it. But, you know, I'm in because there. Because you're gambling because you are a gambler. And this is gambling, 100%. This is, I don't care what the law calls it. Even though I am the lawyer on this episode, I don't care what the law calls it. I don't care what the governments call it. Bitcoin right now is absolutely gambling. It is more so gambling than anything else in the world, That's in my like opinion That's like the ESRB right saying that loot boxes aren't gambling. So I, mean, I don't like investing in the stock market, but what's the difference i mean obviously one has regulation one does not but at the well, same time one, but, i mean but that's... If apple turned around and went out of business and i had a thousand dollars in apple stock or more and they went out of business and the stocks became bupkis i don't get paid back for that first off you're not a grandfather don't say bupkis second off i bupkis. do i do think that any one of these stock i think stocks are gambling too of course i just think that cryptocurrency is insanely more volatile insanely more risky and has nothing regulating it or backing it right now uh and the stock market's just not the same thing yeah but that's where you get the rush i like austin's going for the emotional argument <laughs> <laughs>
You know what I like about Bitcoin, Austin? What's that? It's that you can use bit puns whenever you want now. And speaking of a good bit, let's talk about the games that we've been playing. Oh my god, I can't believe you linked it up to that. <laughs> that that was your segue? Alright, you know, I'm not gonna criticize. You came up with the segue. Fantastic job. It's a so, great Yes, games that we've been playing. What have you been playing, O'Connor? Well, it was my birthday recently, as was yours. Happy birthday to the two of Happy us. Happy birthday to the Yay! two of us. Yay. So uh, what our friend, our, our lovely friend Chris, we have back to back birthdays was, was the game Agents of Mayhem, which is kind of like the spiritual sequel to the uh, Saints Row games. Oh, Ex- okay, those always looked cool, but I never really liked GTA. I never played a lot of GTA, so it's like, why would I play Saints Row? Yeah, that's fair. But so Agents of Mayhem is kind of like it's it, like an a love letter to like GI Joe and other 1980s things, and you know I love 1980s nostalgia. So this, <laughs> I'm in my jam here. It's not a perfect game, and it didn't get that great of reviews. But for someone who loves Saints Row and like GI Joe 1980s stuff, it's perfect for me. It's like there's there's a you're you play as like the Why? eighth of this group called Mayhem. Led by this lady Persephone, and you have to fight against this evil government called Legion. So, like, you get like a group of like twelve heroes. I haven't even gotten them all yet, and you fight against them, and you go on missions and stuff. And you, it's, oh. it's like action. yeah, it's like, kind of like like it's got like the open world action video game element to it. That sounds it, cool. Yeah, and it's it's like GI Joe, but except they say the f word. So it's it's, it's fun, <laughs> and and it's got poop humor, and it's it's just great. And a couple of the characters from the Saints Row game are in it. It's hilarious. Like you're just you're blowing stuff up. It's it's take your brain out and just play a video game. Video just game. go no. have fun. It's like that Super Cop game where like you throw cars, except it's probably more fun because yeah, game it's was uh, yes. Meh. I think the best description would be Crackdown. Crackdown, another game that I loved, and Crackdown 2, and they're making a new one, which I think has either Terry Crews or The Rock being the main voice, <laughs> which is great. Uh, it, it's, it's that. It's it's just like, you, you just it's open world, you go nuts in it, and it's just fun. It's just a fun little game. Uh, a game that I played a long time ago and have tried to get back into, I, I've never really been into rhythm games, because games like Guitar Hero and Rock Band, I, I was never really into them, but there's a game called Crypt of the Necro Dancer. This game is is part RPG, part rhythm game, part action game, essentially it's, so it's an isometric game where you have to move your character to the rhythm, and it, basically it's using the WSAD keys to move and attack. But as you progress through levels, the music is different paced and different soundtracks. The, the, the soundtrack is awesome. There's lots of cool enemies. The bosses are really flavorful. Uh, it's it's very it's pixel style. Uh, it's it's a and it actually lets you use your own music if you want. Uh, they they released like a customizable expansion onto it. That's but it's pretty also, bitchin'. It's also very difficult after a it's while. It's a roguelike. No, yeah, it's 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 a roguelike. It's a roguelike. Uh, you you go level through level, but you're also playing through this story uh, of a like a, of a family and uh, and their family friends. It's like generations go back, having to do with like this necromancer and and like your father went after your mother after she went after the necromancer to like save one of your lives. It's it's but it's it's a very cool game. I would absolutely recommend it to anyone that I guess likes fantasy or rhythm games or RPGs. Again, I do like rhythm you games. Are, I you play rock a lot band of characters. With my wife still. 
you unlock a lot of characters. That's that, that's nice. Uh, you unlock a lot of characters, and they each have a different playstyle. Like uh, like 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 maybe your character only has one only has like one weapon, can't use other weapons, or like they only have bombs. Uh, oh, that reminds can't... me of of Rogue Legacy. That's um, my, my wife oh, loves yeah. that game. Oh, really? That game? I never she, actually beat. I never she beat, beat it on boss. her own. She and this wow. is a woman that never plays video games. She loved this game. Up. Where you just play as like the son of the next guy that you go, or son or daughter of the next. Yeah. Of the next yeah, yeah, hero, yeah, and you unlock more and more like powers as you go. Yeah, that's that's like a building on itself roguelike game. That's that's a that's kind of it's kind of like this game, except you're really just unlocking more characters. But there's one character, I think it's the last one, Dove, where you can't attack, and it's it's really really difficult. And I have not beaten it. I, I have you beaten it without Dove? Oh yeah, I, I beat all the I beat all the other uh, all the other story characters. But if I wanted to if I want to if I want to get that final cutscene, I got to beat the game with Dove. And uh, that's that does not seem to be happening. Uh, you know, there's this thing called YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, but I don't I don't deserve it. That's fair. But you know what it is? It's like games like Halo when they had that like extra 10 seconds. I'm like, I'm not going through hours of a grind fest, constantly getting killed to watch 10 more seconds. Like, nah, there's YouTube for that. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I, I also probably would not have done that. I that's. I, I, I really like the game though, so I guess I haven't I, I haven't given up on it. I just I need to take a break because I can't beat that in part. <laughs> just like Domina, I never actually beat Domina because I can't beat the last part. I could do it if I kept playing, but how many times am I gonna play the game just to beat it? Because it's so hard. You have to keep free and glad. All right, relax. Super relax. powerful. Let's talk about another game, and you can take a breather. So speaking of families and messed up things, I've been playing Layers of Fear, which actually came out I uh, I think recently for October. For Twitch Prime, it was free as a download. Layers of fear. Uh, it's you wouldn't play it. I'll tell you nope. that. It no, nope, I can already tell. It's super scary, and it, it's <laughs> it's just like a kind of reminds me of PT. I talked about that with Morrison for the Halloween episode. It's it was that like Hideo Kojima led Silent Hill game. Oh, I I played that. It was a demo, right? Yes, it was a yeah, demo. Yeah, I played that. Yeah. Yeah. I, so like you're walking throughout a mansion. You can't fight anything. You're just exploring, and there is jump scares galore. And just, like, there's certain parts that are terrifying. Like, there was, like, a scene where you have to, like, um, you're listening to, a, like, an like a, uh, a old school record player is playing in the room. But you have to, like, find the artifacts to build your masterpiece. Yeah, exactly like that. And um, obviously you realize as you go along that your character was insane or the person who's painting this is insane. So they start using, like, blood as a paint and, like, oh. ears as part of sculptures. And it's like, uh. but you have to find them to get the story. So Adding more like, layers to the painting. So layers of fear. Layers of fear. Yeah. So like you're playing this uh this record player, and you realize you can play it backwards, and it starts, of course, playing like a creepy harmony, like and then like the walls are slowly like melting apart, almost like um Eternal Darkness. And I'm like, I, I'm scared. Like I'm just a guy sitting at a computer with the lights on, and I'm like, this is terrifying. Like this is <laughs> like the walls are like dripping and ripping apart, and it's like ah, nothing comes really out. Like and the worst part is, is for a game that like I keep thinking like, oh, well, I'm a tough guy. Like I'm 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 not. Nothing scares me. For a game that doesn't have bad guys that try to kill you, it's terrifying. Like there's no one that tries to hurt you. You can't hurt anybody. You're just exploring. Yeah, but it it's that is level scary. of helplessness. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, and it's, like what what's going on? I don't even know. It's it's just oh, what else you got for me? I'm scared now. I mean, I keep playing Destiny Two, and uh, on the plus side that uh, so Destiny Two, I've never hit. It's not supposed to be an MMO, but I think of it as an MMO. But but it is Bucky definitely says it's not. an MMO. Yeah, right. Anyway, so I hit 
the end game on Destiny 2, basically. Uh, it's not hard to do. You can do that as a casual player, basically, because you, uh, you can get that point where, at the moment, I, I got a lot of playtime at it, but there's not a lot left to do in the game right now, which is disappointing because I really like playing the game. I love the gameplay, the gunplay, all that kind of stuff. And I, so I've been, like, trying to find more stuff to do in the game, of which there is a limited amount, because it's really just, like, the, the weekly nightfalls and then the, the raid, which you need six people to do, and we don't always have six people on at the same time. But they are putting out Curse of Osiris soon, uh, on, like, the 5th. Uh, that's less than a week. Yeah. And so that's going to have a lot more content, which I'm happy for. On top of that, uh, Bungie has um, apparently addressed or some semi-addressed a lot of player concerns, and they've finally uh, out laid out a whole lot of uh, their future plans for what Destiny is going to have, their improvements, what they're uh, what, what they're working on, and it, it kind of allayed a lot of uh, a lot of the fears that that basically the game would stagnate and would just be boring to play because eventually there's nothing nothing to do. Uh, so I have finally been made I've been made hopeful again. The problem is you go from Destiny one with all of its expansions, with all the stuff to do in it, to a new game that it basically, you know, it's like four steps forward, two steps back. You gotta wait for more stuff to come out again, but, you know, the, like, supposedly the base game is improved. That's why they, that's supposedly why they put out a Destiny 2 instead of just continuing 1, because they needed to literally improve, like, the engine, and they couldn't do that with the original game. I'm still enjoying Destiny 2, and I'm Meh. looking forward to only waiting. I, I know. Okay, okay, question. What, why, why have you not been playing? I just, you know what it is? It's it, it, like I already said. My gripe with it is the PvP is is nothing to me. It's, I don't play it's, it for it's, PvP. It's worse Halo. But like yeah. they get, they make like one day I logged in and over half the things I needed to do for the week and the day were go to the Crucible, which is the PvP mm -hmm. thing. So I'm like, okay, well that gives me no incentive to do any of that because the PvP is terrible. I'd rather play Overwatch. It's just a better game. I'd rather I, play I could, Halo. It's a better that. PvP game. See, some uh, people do play the game for PvP. I really don't. I play it for PvE. You call those and, people idiots, Austin. Well, I know it's just uh, there's all there's again there's the there's the concern because uh, Bungie has said that one of the things in their top priority list now is competitive PvP because one oh, either either because people are people that do enjoy PvP have been asking for a, a better competitive PvP because at the moment you can just drop out and there's no penalties or anything like that. So that's one. But also there are the there's the idea somewhere I don't know if Bungie ever said yes to this that th that they want to make it an esport and I don't see that happening unless there's radical changes in the uh, in the game and whatever I'm playing it for PVE to shoot aliens and to be a space guy no and that's, you know what that that's why. fine like I, I I've probably pumped like twenty. 20 or so hours into it like for like a 60 dollar game i'm not i'm not yeah. i'm not mad about it i'm not i'm not, like it's just like okay i had my fun i'm done it's not like world of warcraft or another m yeah. where it's like i feel the call to go back like i, I see just, i do i want that's fine that's the, yeah. I, I don't I think you're wrong for that the, i feel like morrison now trying to get other people to play the game that i love but the thing is it's like i have i think the game that i love is not it's not like worthy of like it's ah, it doesn't it it, anymore no. I, lately, I've been putting my games in two different categories. There's games that I just play all the time compulsively, and there's games that I buy and play. Like Agents of Mayhem that I just talked about is a game that I will buy, play – well, somebody bought it for me. I will play, I will enjoy, I will consume, and be done with it. Destiny mm -hmm. is that to me. 
So like, but like versus like a Heroes of the Storm or Overwatch or PUBG, where I can just drop in, play twenty minutes of it, and get out, and that's end of transaction. Mm-hmm. I don't fault one or the other. They're both both categories that I just listed are great in my mind in their own right. But at the same time, Destiny is definitely in the buy, consume, be done with it. Mm. It's the action. Ah, see, yeah, I want to keep. I want to. I want to play it like it's like it's an MMO and have like friends jump on and everyone play together. It. it I want it to be what. What Bungie's they Bungie says they want it to be like a hobby that replaces everything else. It's and not I, I it's not it's not that right now. It's I, never it, going to happen. Do you realize how much content people consume and how long it takes to make said content? It's never gonna be possible. People will always be able to play more than you can create. Yeah, but you say that, but but like games like World of Warcraft are again, there's way more content in World of Warcraft, but it's possible. And Beyond that's that, there's like eight races and like nine classes. It's, yeah, it started out. It started out with four for each side. It wasn't, uh, and, and plus, like for whatever reason, races don't mean anything. And I, I, they also get subscription. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And you know what? I would rather a subscription model than microtransactions. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it's like I really enjoy Destiny. I just I feel yeah. like myself and a lot of other people play it because they enjoy it, but also because they see what it could be and they want it to be that already, but it's not that. Getting off, jumping off the Destiny track, because that could be boring, uh, I talked about Kingdom New Lands previously. I made the mistake of, it came out on Switch recently. I don't have a Switch, but I have friends that have Switches, the Nintendo Switch, and I'm like, oh man, this game Kingdom, you need to get it. And so I showed them on the PC, and I hadn't played Kingdom in months and months, and uh, I've been playing Kingdom again, just I, again, there's not anything new with the game. It's just I kind of opened it up to show it off, and I kind of fell in love with the music and the ambiance again. Plus, what is Kingdom? Out... You gotta tell people what it is, man. Ah, Kingdom New Lands, as you School can find us. it on Steam, uh, and I think Switch and maybe other consoles. I don't know now. It's a 2D game where you play as a king slash queen. It's randomly generated. Uh, you're on an island, and you basically collect gold that you find. Uh, you find vagrants. You give them gold, they become peasants, and then the pe- and you like pay for 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 bows and uh and hammers and they become builders and they become archers and or knights and all that kind of stuff and so it's like a 2d survival it's kind of city builder but not really a city builder because it's just 2d and there's not like a huge it's not a huge island you survive waves of i think they're called greed they're like trolls that come and try to knock down your walls and take your crown mm-hmm. and the goal is to escape the island uh before the, the mounting waves of greed overwhelm you and move to a new island and do it all over again until you hit the fifth island and beat that. And then you've quote unquote won the game, but you can keep playing the game and keep going back to other islands. And the music's amazing. I just listen to the soundtrack. Like when I'm when I'm prepping for a D&D session, I just play the soundtrack because it's nice, like lilting fantasy music. But it's also it has a lot of different moods. Anyway, they're putting out a, a new harder sixth island, like a, like an even an extra island just for free because they're such an amazing freaking studio so i i, I love that game hmm. well, i yeah. guess i'll have to try that out because i've only played oh classic. my god yeah but then they put out like more shrines and more there are these things called hermits that let you upgrade your your archer towers to like ballista towers or a tower that lets you get an extra knight or a tower that becomes a bakery and it attracts vagrants when you pay for bread to be made there Laws. It's a yeah. It's a it's a super fun game. Uh, all right. So that'll do it this week, guys. I am Ryan Morrison. Thank you for joining us, as always. I, I am Ryan. Wait, I'm Ryan what? Austin. I'm <laughs> Austin Ryan. Super I am here. Ryan Austin. I am Austin Hoffman. Follow me at Mr. Ryan Morrison. Follow Austin at Robot Austin and follow the show at Robot underscore Congress. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes. We have 
60 billion lit downloads and like seven reviews. So you're all jerks. But thanks for listening. No, but give five stars or we're going to come to your house and beat you up. Unless and we're lost and give four. That's right. So <laughs> consider yourself sued. That was a headgum podcast. But for the fact that I didn't do anything, I feel good. I think it's time to blow this scene. Get everybody in their stuff together. Okay, three, two, one. Oh my god, one. shut Let's up! Jam. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> did you do that so you just just let's start did, did what did we plan that while you were off the call no of course not why would we do that <laughs> we always do the three two one lunch jam i forgot <laughs> all right you want to just do uh a hello and welcome and then introduce us instead of us all saying our names all right you guys ready i'm ready i all think right, it's Morris, time to blow the scene get everybody <laughs> in that stuff together okay three right, three two, two one, one let's jam, jam.